We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR Sports Radio 550. You know you can't start the segment until that drops right there. That's correct. I, I don't make the rules. So we play one of the greatest bands of all time in order to introduce one of the greatest pioneers of multi-pocketed pants. He is not talking about a fashion statement, folks. He's talking about functionality. It almost sounds like I'm narrating his life behind Fleetwood Mac, which is kind of cool. Del Reed, he he joins me now on the Western Hotline. How did you enjoy it? That might have been your best intro ever on a radio or TV, and you had some good intros this year, my friend. <laughs> dude, dude, for you to leave me in with a song from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, <laughs> one of the best Marvel movies ever. One of the best. The, bands you would you wouldn't even call it Fleetwood Mac. You're just like the uh, from the from the one of the best with Guardian of the Galaxies too. Is like literally. I, I love that doll. That is that really oh, that that God. made me feel good. <laughs> well, I'm honored. I'm honored to be on here with you. And um, yeah, it's all about convenience, man. Why? What's wrong with extra pockets? Absolutely nothing, my friend. In fact, I'm wearing sweatpants today, and you know what really bothers me about them? There's no back pocket for my wallet. So now I have to put my wallet in my coat pocket. And you know what that means? That's just giving me an opportunity to lose it. Man, that is just—you are running in completely the wrong direction. That's right. With your fashion. No, I'm right. I'm. I, well, you're, you're totally right, Dell. And it, it's a crappy day outside, so I'm wearing sweatpants here. Listen. Um, so part of the reason I want to have you on because I, I I need somebody to talk some sense into me about this Super Bowl, like whether or not I should care about it. And I'm hoping maybe you're going to help me with that. But first, before we even get into all that, I wanted to kind of just talk to you a little bit about the playoff run. You know, you and I didn't really have a chance to talk um, after our fantasy football season and then into the actual playoffs where things got really real pretty quickly, um, you know, stacking a couple wins, getting to the AFC Championship game. And I, I think you're a good person to bring on to talk a little bit about, like, what it felt like for fans, um, and maybe in particular that Ravens game. I think that's really where it started, right? Like, where this this is real thing sort of started after that Taron Johnson pick six, and I'm sort of just wondering what it was like for you in that lead up to the AFC Championship game, where it felt like for the first time in in my lifetime, people were genuinely interested in talking about the Bills, not as like a make a wish charity thing, but like as an actual like <laughs> this is this team's good, man. Like they're good, and there were people that picked the Bills to beat the Chiefs, and. I think that says enough to me that somebody in, in the national media decided they were going to pick the Bills. And so I just kind of wanted you to, to talk me through a little bit of your experience and kind of what the last month has meant, considering how difficult the months prior to it was. Dude, no lie. I thought they were going to be playing today or tomorrow. <laughs> I, I really did. I really did. Like I, It just felt like so much destiny had been lining up for this team. I mean, when the last loss – 
was that stupid Hale Murray play that, you know, if Kyler Murray throws that pass 100 times, he misses it 99. Yeah. Maybe 98. It's a good receiver, 98. So um, for the Bills to lose on, on such a fluke, and for that, have been, for that to have been their last loss prior to this run they went on, I mean, I, I, I was – I was I was just doing keg stands with the Kool Aid man. I was I was all in, and uh, it was just it was so, it was such a great it was so great, such a special season. And you know what's great, dude, is that this isn't 2017. This isn't you know the middle of December, end of December, and you're like, holy crap! You mean they actually? I stopped paying attention. They actually can make the playoffs, you, you know? And for that to happen, like, oh my gosh, we're here. This is amazing. Uh, let's just enjoy this, you know. For this team is not a flash in the pan, right? And I think that became so apparent in this playoff run um, and, and the weeks leading up to it. But uh, this, this team is primed for some long-term success, even short-term success with Frazier and, and Dable coming back. I mean, feel kind of bad on a personal level for the guys that, you know, they're not going to have that shot in a head coaching job, but they're going to get their chance. You know, so let's do one more, let's do one more uh, run at this. But, uh, this team is set up for such long-term success. So it sucks they're not playing tomorrow. But, um, and there's no guarantees that they're even going to make the AFC Championship ever again right. you know, in, in Josh Allen's career, who knows. But um, sure seems like it's possible. Yeah, and I, and I wanted to ask you about Josh Allen. And, and one of the things I wanted to ask you is, you know, not I don't, I don't need you to I, – I, here's what I didn't want to ask you, right? Because this is what everybody talks about with Josh Allen. Oh, the mechanics. Oh, this and that. Oh, he's become a legitimately thrower. Uh, he's become a legitimate quarterback. He can be uh, – you know, he's second or third in the MVP race. All those great on-field accomplishments. What I want to know from you, and, and because I know that you've been around this community for a long time, and I know that you've seen and, and interacted with players in the past that, you know, might not have been the greatest people, but they were still good ambassadors of, of the organization and the community. Community. I wonder what what your opinion is of this question and, and how much of Josh Allen and who he is and how fans sort of gravitate towards him. Not just fans, though, Dell, like teammates. And, and I wonder how much of Josh Allen's success is actually maybe, maybe more – I don't know how I want to say this. His success – feels a lot like it's driven by the person that he is, that people gravitate to the personality and they were gravitating towards Josh Allen before he was really good, right? His rookie season, like there were guys that were talking about, you know, like after after he jumped over Anthony Barr, like people were talking about like, this is the kind of guy you go to war with, you go to battle with, you go in the foxhole with, you know, that's like things that people say, which are which is weird, by the way. But overall, my question <laughs> to you, Dell, kind of stems from, what you whether you think Josh Allen could be as good as he is right now if he wasn't as good of a person as he is? That's a great question, and I mean I don't even know how to answer it to be honest with you. But um, it, it, you can't deny that that is part of his game. That is going to be part of his you know story of his career. Um, no, no matter you know how long it goes and how it ends up, that's something that is always going to be part of the narrative. I think is just how this guy sucks you in as a fan, as a teammate. I mean, shoot, maybe as a scout. You know, yeah. <laughs> the Bills fell in love with them before the draft, you know. Um, it, it's, it's, it's so great. And, what, what, you know, what's awesome is that, like, if, if this was a facade, if, the, if this was, you know, he was just always saying the right things, then you wouldn't have a lot of the – after three years, after three – you'd hear stories on social media like, oh, right, yeah, right. he's not really – 
and, and the way that like the way that you know Dion has written for players, uh, the Players Tribune a couple times. I think both times, I think he just really like put the spotlight on Josh Allen and, and both of those um, those uh, pieces that he did. Just everybody loves him, right? And there there is an intangible factor when it comes to sports when you're. If you can't stand the guy who's throwing the ball to you or you're, yeah. you're pass blocking for, that's going to affect your game. And so they, they talk about players who make all the players around them better. Uh, and I, I don't know the science of that, but it sure seems like Josh Allen is one of those guys. I, I said this on a podcast the other day, Dell, I, I, and I said, you know, we should have saw the signs with Josh Allen his rookie year. And what and what I mean by that is typically great quarterbacks, even early on in their career, they make guys that would maybe nowhere else have any impact whatsoever. And I'm reminded of of um a Foster, right? Uh wide receiver. Now I can't even right now I can't even remember the guy's name other than his last name. That just goes to show you that's his that's who he is throwing to his rookie year. And he's looked at across the league as, is this a breakout candidate? I was thinking to myself, is he a potential number one receiver for the Bills? For me to be talking about that player like I was, was because of Josh Allen, not because of the player. And I think there were signs enough for me early, Dell, that maybe all of us wanted to ignore. Because it's easy to ignore those signs when everyone else is telling you to that you're not really seeing what you're seeing. Josh Allen's bad. The stats don't match up with the things that you're seeing, Nate, so you're dumb. Listen to the stats and listen to the smart people. And there were signs early, <laughs> Dell. There really were. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just, in, again, going to that whole field general thing, and, and you talked about jumping over uh, Anthony Barr in that Vikings game. <laughs> I think I jumped over my coffee yes. table after he did that. That was crazy. I mean, and, you know, I think in every fan's defense, too, who were not happy with the drafting of Josh, um, you talk about the smart people. They're, outside of Mel Kuyper Jr., who mo- most of us roll our eyes when we hear him talk anyways. Uh, no disrespect, Mel, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but like, outside of Mel Kuyper Jr., like, there were not a lot of um, scouts or pundits or experts that were gassing Josh Allen up ahead of the 2017 draft. So, um, 18 draft, my bad. So, um, it's just, I think it's been a learning process for a lot of us as, as we've kind of figured out. And a lot of people, a lot of us had to come to terms because we do put a lot of stock in, you know, the, the, the guys that, that, that talk on ESPN or, or, or whatever leading up to yeah. the draft. That's all we know. I mean, it's, I, I know you watch a lot of college uh, football. I know a lot of the guys in our dynasty league watch a lot of college football, so I am not looking forward to future seasons. Yeah, you. That's why you're <laughs> trading all your first round picks, which is smart, so that you don't even have to worry about it. <laughs> only one, only one for now. A Lions. No, that was the third I got from golf. Anyways, nobody cares. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but so anyway, I totally lost my train of thought. Though, but like we hear all these pundits talking about these players and. I don't watch a lot of college games, so I have to trust them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's a, it's a lot to unlearn um, once you start seeing the player actually perform on the field. Del Reed here on the Western Hotline kind of talking some Super Bowl. We'll get into that in a second, talking some Bills season. And well, the last thing I kind of wanted to ask you about this season, in particular with Stephon Diggs, and I think it was really easy when Stephon Diggs came in to say, man, this is probably the most talented player the Bills have had since, you know, and then you start naming names like Bruce Smith. And when you start to say talent and Bruce Smith or talent and Thurman Thomas and Andre Reid, when you start to put someone in the same sentence before they even step on the field, it's sort of like, all right, Nate, like, relax. Like, sit down, 
you, you stop talking about Wall of Famers and Hall of Famers. Like, relax. And then he came in and had the single greatest wide receiver season in, NFL, or in, in Buffalo Bills history, in franchise history. And I, I sort of wonder where you land on Stephon Diggs because Diggs and Josh Allen, Dell, did this on a shortened offseason where they were mostly meeting on Zoom and they had very they didn't meet on a field until the end of July and they didn't have an offseason to work together. And just for them to do what they did in year one without a normal offseason, I think speaks to what the potential of them and, and what – I think Stefan Diggs says is them just scratching the surface. Like right now, how like what else does Stefan Diggs need to do to like surplant himself as like one of those guys, like the Bruce Smiths and who is one of the best players of all time, not just, you know, in NFL era in, in Buffalo Bills history, but of all time. Like, where is Stefan Diggs on that scale for you? And how excited are you to see him sort of scale that and and move up towards those names? Well, I'm excited for sure. And um in terms of the Bruce Smiths, the Andre Reeds, all, all Thurmans, all that. A lot of that, uh, uh, this is going to come off like I'm slighting them, and I am in no way. Um, but it's going to come with team success as well, too. And, and, and so that's going to play a part of it. But, yeah, but yeah Stefan Diggs is he's, he's insane. He, 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 can you imagine, like, look out, NFL. Look out, ASV East. Um, these guys have played a season together, and now hopefully this, this summer, you know, God willing, we'll have a normal training camp, you know, um, and just more time together. Like, this could be – just let's, let's go full hyperbole here. This could be – we'll be witnessing one of the great all-time quarterback-receiver tandems that we'll, that we'll ever see in our, in our lifetime. Okay, let me back off the hyperbole a little bit, but, like – I, I don't know, dude. I mean, like, here's the, I, I think it's I think it's a totally fair thing to like start to talk about based on year one. Like Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Matt Stafford, Kelvin Johnson. There, you know, uh, Bradshaw, Lynn Swan. If you want to go back, Kelly Reed, um, Montana Rice. Like those are really those those are the synonymous names you talk about. And and obviously with Stafford and Kelvin Johnson, some of the other guys I just talked about. That, that's more recency. But I think if this if this is the new norm. Four or five years from now, we're going to be talking about a quarterback-wide receiver combo that have you know, 12, 13,000-plus yards together and 40, 50, 60-plus touchdowns together. And then we're talking about that in a legitimate way. Yeah, absolutely. And just to touch on from the, the team aspect and everything, somebody asked me, and this is completely not related to what you, you asked me, but it is a little bit, so I'm going to say I did a podcast this week, and somebody said, how did you know? What, at what point this season did you realize like this team is for real and they could go all the way? <laughs> what game, what, what play was it? I said, dude, it was when Brandon Bean traded for Stefan Diggs. That, for me, that was the sign um, that this was going to be a, a special season and that the team was really going to make a run at it, not just for this year, but for years to come. Um, so that's a little off, top, a little off a tangent there, but like, this is so great. And the, the, the front office knew what they were doing when they – when they put this roster together, it's a freaking masterpiece. Yeah. You know, it's just they, they what they need. <laughs> Albert Knox will do this sometimes. Maybe somebody should have tweeted at them like, "Yo, print this roster and hang it." And sometimes they'll do that. So maybe they should have because that's really a masterpiece that they put together. I just I can't wait to see this coming season what the team is going to do because we know that the path to the Super Bowl is going to go through Kansas City. Yeah. And so I cannot wait to see what they do um, to to just change and build on this roster. Me personally, I just hope they go just to quote uh, Joe Pinzone from Twitter, uh, Buffalo wins. Um, I want, I want, I'm all for team mega offensive doom. Just keep putting it into the offense, man. That's, 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 
what I want to see. How dare you, Dell, bring up Joe's name on the show? Because now, <laughs> now he's going to be, now he's going to go on Twitter and talk about how how he his name got brought up, and now you're giving you're giving him exactly what he wants. I'm just kidding. We love Joe, but um, <laughs> Dell, um, moving off the Bills because I know you and I could literally talk about the future and this team and how fun and all the great storylines for literally three hours. Um, I wanted your take on what the hell you're doing tomorrow. I just. Man, I, I've I've listened to Sale try to talk me into uh, making this a game that I care about. Um, I've I've had friends. I've talked to my dad about it. Like, I cannot talk myself into finding a rooting interest. Um, even thinking about sitting on my couch for four quarters of this game seems like a, like I might as well just fast forward to Monday at work. Like that's really wow. what I feel like. It just. Where do you stand on this game? Like, what's your rooting interest? And I guess the question becomes, is it okay to just not have one in this game? I think so, because that's, that's the direction I'm going. I mean, I'm going to watch the game. I'm 90% sure I'm going to watch the game. Like 10%, maybe I'll just watch WandaVision again. I don't know. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I'm going to watch the game tomorrow. And uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm not going in there with any coherent like thought. I, I think you can choose to cheer for either team and you're not wrong you can choose to cheer for the chiefs because if you're going to lose in the playoffs lose to the best team right there's no shame if you lose to the best team um so from a bill's perspective that's my thought there and then also also from a bill's perspective like yo all these years i thought i hated tom brady and i you know i'm not that i love the guy i'm kind of over it now hmm I realize I hate Patriots fans. <laughs> Isn't it funny when, when, when the dust settles, you really find out who you hate? Yeah, like, exactly. And so, like, I think I told you I was going to learn how to pronounce this uh, when we had a, that text conversation yesterday, and I totally dropped the ball. So I'm going to say Schadenfreude, Schadenfreude, whatever it is, that, the German word that talks about pleasure in seeing something bad happen to somebody. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce so, it yeah, either. Sure. Um, man, there's going to be a lot of bombed out in New England. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ones that haven't traded in their jerseys for Bucks jerseys. But um, oh. so there's, 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 some pleasure can be taken there knowing that, you know, like, yeah, that's going to be you again this year. But You know yeah. what, though, Dell? You know what my mini Super Bowl was? My mini Super Bowl was when the reports came out that Matthew Stafford said he'd go anywhere but New England. That was my Super Bowl right there. Reading that article, hearing Matt Stafford, my king, say, yeah, I'll literally go anywhere, but don't you dare trade me to New England. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. So, it's a beautiful thing. So what is, on, uh, what is on the menu and the Del Reed house for the Super Bowl? Considering football's not going to matter, I would argue that probably the food gets tripled down in importance. If you're not going to be staring at the game, you're going to be, I don't know, not fear eating, but like board eating, which is what I do every day anyways. So now I'm going to have to double down on the board eating. And, you know, are we just going to go with generic snacks or am I going to make my girlfriend make a bunch of delicious snacks and finger food? That's probably what's going to happen. What are you guys doing? Man, it's, the Chiefs are playing Tom Brady. It's not a special day tomorrow. I don't think we're doing anything. <laughs> Normal dinner. Everyone's getting Easy Mac for dinner. Get over it. <laughs> Very well, maybe the case. No, I don't think we have anything special planned this year. Uh, normally, literally every single year, I... I, uh, and this year is different, obviously. Sure. Saying, but yeah. Almost every single year, I go uh, to my buddy's house, and we have a fry. He has a fryer, and we do. You know, he does wings and everything. We all get together, watch the games. So I'll miss that this year. But 
Yeah, tomorrow's not a special day if you're a Bills fan. Yeah, it sucks too because, you know, I, I think for me, out of abundance of caution, like, you know, I know me and my girlfriend are just going to kind of hang out at home. I just, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're like at the finish line. Well, I shouldn't say we're at the finish line. It feels like we're getting closer and closer to the finish line. The last thing I want to do is go backwards with this whole pandemic. So I'm like, you know, yeah. as it is, I don't care about this game. I have no rooting interest. Let's just stay home, make some delicious food. And if we have to turn off the game for, you know, a, a movie by the third quarter because, you know, Patrick Mahomes and uh, Tyreek Hill have 400 yards, um, then so be it. But I think like at the end of the day, this this modified Super Bowl has been compounded by, compounded by two teams I I don't care for, um, and also that there's a global pandemic. I just don't really feel like adding on by having a party of 10 or 15 people in my apartment or someone else's apartment just makes sense to me, you know? Yeah, I know. It's totally doubling down on a bad thing. So right. <laughs> each right. Their own, you know, I'm not going to tell people how it is, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. So last thing before I let you go, Dell, what's your prediction? Who do you got in this game? Um, I'll tell you mine so that I take the pressure off you. I I just like I have Kansas City winning, and I think you're crazy if you think that the Buccaneers, after watching that game earlier this season, I know things change, um, but poor Carlton Davis, and I know uh, Tyler Dunn, my buddy, uh, just did a piece on him about that first matchup, how you know Tyreek Hill burned him for three hundred of like three hundred receiving yards in a game, and I think to myself like, I don't care what film you watch, uh, what you do to prepare. If Patrick Mahomes wants to throw the ball to Tyreek Hill, there's not a damn thing you can do about it. So I've got Kansas City winning, and I think I got Kansas City scoring 35 plus in a Super Bowl. Which all you have to do, Dell, is watch a couple of these old Super Bowls, which have been on because it's Super Bowl week. Like even the highest octane offenses, the 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 undefeated New England team that goes in and loses to, um, you know, that loses to the Giants, scored 17 points in that game. You know, like yeah. the, the Super Bowl is often known for, you know, even the best offenses they go to die. But like I still think the Chiefs are scoring 35, and I think they're going to win by two plus touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I, you, you even just, you know, I, I know that the Bucks beat the Packers, and, but Tom Brady did not have his best game uh, in that NFC Championship. Uh, I, I, I don't think that I don't think he earned any confidence in terms of winning a Super Bowl. At least not for me. So I think that the Chiefs win uh, about as handily as you can win a Super Bowl. This isn't the, the 80s or 90s. You don't really get blowouts too much anymore, but. Yeah, and you know the crazy thing that's going to be, Dell, is this is going to be what? Like Brady's, if he loses, it'd be like his sixth Super Bowl loss, right? Is that right? What a a, a loser. (laughs) (laughs) What a loser. Who loses six Super Bowls? I think it's his fourth, isn't it? Because this is his 10th appearance, and we all know they have six Super Bowls. Oh, right, right. Well, you know I'm not a big math guy, Dell. Yeah, so he lost four Super Bowls too, so fuck on that. All right. Well, Dell, listen, uh, if you uh, if you want to get crazy, you know, shoot over a trade in the old Bills Dynasty League uh, in, into the inbox. We'll, we'll we'll do some wheeling and dealing since there's going to be no f- good football to watch tomorrow. So if you want to get some wheel and deal and uh, and try to go after Bruce Nolan's team because he's the team we're all cha- we're all chasing after now. So uh, let me know if you want to get weird. Let's get weird later. Yeah, if I do, I promise not to send over anything as offensive as what Bruce sent me this week. So yeah, I can only imagine. The, the guy, you know, and I hope he's listening. That guy has got the creme de la creme team, and he just sends insulting trade offers to everyone just, just to kind of rub it in, knowing that you're not going to accept the trade. He just wants to rub it in a little. Yeah, yeah. So, Bruce anyway. Nolan. Thanks for having me on, dude. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. Del Reed there on the Western Hotline helping me talk and walk through this just terrible game that, that we have set up for tomorrow. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.